This episode of the Severe MMA Podcast is brought to you by our friends over at Caldera Lab. Guys, you're going to brush your teeth today. Why is that? Because it's healthy. It's part of your day. You don't want bad teeth. Do you know what? I want to take you to another step and add in skincare habits to your daily routine too. I did. Graham did. I know a lot of the people who've tuned into the Severe MMA Podcast did over the last while and we're never going back. We're hooked on Caldera Lab. It's high performance, min skincare Products use the promo code Severe MMA for twenty percent off at CalderaLab.com. I told you last time around that first impressions matter. Your teeth and your skin are, are the first thing somebody notices about you. Backed by legit clinical trials, I found ninety four percent of men's skin showed an overall younger looking appearance after using our products for only uh, a few weeks. Caldera Lab is the regimen you've been looking for. It's incorporated skincare before you brush your teeth, guarantees you. Uh, not to mess up your routine, leaving your uh, your breath fresh, but also your face refreshed uh, as well. Habit stacking, habit hacking, whatever you call it, do them both together. You know, as I said, brush your teeth, do the skincare. Caldera Lab is here to take your daily routine to skin royalty. Take my word for it, or one of the thousands of the five-star reviews. Even better, it's easy to use Caldera Lab because it's a simple solution for the regimen that includes three products, the Clean Slate, the Base Layer, and the Good. Um, the, the Clean Slate is the one to start your day. It's a face, wa- face wash uh, that leaves all skin types refreshed. The Base Layer is a good daily moisturizer to hydrate your skin to start uh, your day full of confidence. And the Good is your go-to multifunctional serum uh, at night that helps your skin look uh, tighter and smoother as well. It helps reduce the visibility of wrinkles and fine lines Every drop of the serum is packed with 3.4 million antioxidant units to protect your skin. No other brand does this. Better yet, Caldera Lab is the only brand that cares about this enough to even know. And the Caldera Lab Icon Serum, that's absolutely fantastic as well. It addresses the three most common signs of uh, skin concerns around the eye, the fine lines, the dark circles, and the puffiness. So one minute in the morning and night is all it takes to reduce your wrinkles, fine lines, and signs of aging. Habits don't get much easier than that. Um, and like, this is just for our audience. This is an exclusive offer. This is our best offer available anywhere. Use the code SEVEREMMA at calderalab.com and get 20% off right now. To get 20% off with the code SEVEREMMA at calderalab.com and make unforgettable first impressions that lead to the charming words. Oh, you look younger. 20% off at calderalab.com with the code SEVEREMMA. If you would like to support the podcast and get some extra content while you're there, head on over to patreon.com forward slash severe MMA podcast and sign up from the rewatch to the Q&A. We will have loads of content every week. So sign up patreon.com forward slash severe MMA podcast. And now here's the podcast. Graham McDonald is an idiot. Sean Sheehan of severemma.com. He even has the audacity to call himself the quote-unquote pod god. This is Severe MMA. 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 The Severe MMA podcast is finally here. Welcome to the Severe MMA podcast. Here's your host, Sean Sheehan. 
Welcome, welcome everybody. It's episode 437 of the Severe MMA podcast. My name is Sean Sheehan, joined today by the Thomas Frank of Irish MMA media, Graham MacDonald, as we talk about uh, a pretty big week in the world of mixed martial arts, especially Irish mixed martial arts. We have the massive Cage Warriors card coming up this weekend. We just had Liam McCourt fighting, but we also had a UFC card, we had a one championship card, and we had that big Bellator 300 card Graham How are you? How are things? Fine, fine weekend for it the, the, the dying embers of the summer are here Graham But sure we'll, we'll get into the winter And it'll be nice be a good, Some lovely MMA coming up Graham isn't there? It's a nice time this year Yeah it's actually not too cold It's a bit milder than it would be this time of year So can't really complain uh, You know Dublin weather is not going to Or Ireland weather in general is not going to be great So you, you're happy with whatever you get As long as it's not Storms and rain all the time. Yeah, indeed, it's the, mo- the most Irish conversation of all time to start. Weather talk. We got to start off with a bit of weather small talk, even though I hate that. People, people you need people need to know what the weather is like. <laughs> I actually just before we it maybe it make you appreciate it more if you're sitting in some really warm country with the sun shining on you. You'll appreciate more uh, where you are instead of in here <laughs> uh, we've, we've a lot of americans who listen in as well so maybe maybe they are appreciative but i turn on my i have a little heater here and i turn it on for the first time this year and it was literally about the, the two minutes i was waiting for you there i was like nah do you know what? i'll turn this off it's too warm <laughs> so it's, it's not, it can't be that cold yet so we're not too bad but uh yeah it's it was do you know what mma heated up this week graham and uh we have to i think we have to start with liam mccourt because what a performance that was! I just um, I just turned it on there as well. The the uh, I flew to America to watch the prelims on YouTube there again, and it was such. Do you know what it was? They were on Virgin Media this time. They were on Virgin Media, yeah. But I wanted to watch it on my phone just while I was waiting there. But uh-huh. um, it was it was. Do you know what it was? It was a, a nasty performance. Is the word I would use. Remember the, after the um, after the Sinead Kavanaugh fight when Sinead you know uh, injured her knee, Leah kind of came out and said, "Look." Okay, I wanted to kick the knee and all, but like I didn't want. To, I, I felt a bit bad, you know. I think she said it to me in in my interview, and she's like, "That's something I kind of have to change." I think I, you saw that here in two different places. First of all, when the alleged eye poke happens, or the the thumb to the eye or the glove to the eye or whatever it was, the referee didn't call it. If he had, uh, okay, Liam McCall would have stepped back, but he didn't. Leah went straight at her, like literally straight at her. And that's the attitude you need. Like, that's the sort of killer attitude you need. And in the finish as well. Graham, it was, it was such a brilliant performance, wasn't it? Yeah, just on what you were saying there. Like, there's no timeouts in MMA unless the ref calls it. It's not your responsibility. So sometimes when there's, like, one that you're not sure, just, you know, it's unfortunate for the other person, but you just got to gotta fight. And if unless you know you've, like, really put your finger in somebody's eye and it's, it's bad, then... You know, you just got to play by the by the whistle, as they'd say in football. And like, I have no problem with, with that. Like, even even things where like, you know, this is not related to Leah. But sometimes when like, you know, there's a fake glove touch at the start, I'm like, well, you know, you should have touched gloves before because the five minutes is on and you can fight. Like people say, oh, it's going back. Should be removed. That win should be removed. I think you know, it's kill or be killed in there. <laughs> you know what I mean? These people are fighting for their their lives and themselves they are their own business so like you know having sympathy for somebody is like a human thing or whatever but for that 15 25 minutes you got to be in there with the attitude of i'm gonna i'm gonna hurt this girl or she's gonna hurt me or you know if it's males fighting this the same like so i think you need to have that to be at the very top level and if you're going to be fighting somebody like cyborg you definitely need to have that because she definitely has that and has proven that over the years that you know she doesn't care she's going for a knockout she's going to try and put you away as quickly as possible and you know you can try and be friends afterwards but for that 15 25 minutes she's coming for your head and that's how you got to be 
A hundred percent. And like, if you're a fan of Liam McCourt out there and you're thinking like, right, I, I follow Leah since the early days and we've seen improvements, but like, if you're looking for something, right, if you're looking for like a dead-on thing you can talk about, and like, we, we can talk about all of Leah's improvements and her striking and grappling, we will here in a second, but I think, I just think that, that the dog in you, the bit of grit, the, the, as you look, the unforgiving nature, you need that in MMA. Like, you, you can get places with, you know, and if you don't have the skills and all that, absolutely, you're not going to get to the very top. But you're also not going to get to the very top unless you have that dog in you. Unless, unless you have that killer instinct. And as you said, it's look, it's the referee's job to, to stop the fight if there is something. I, I don't even know if it's an eyeball. Yeah, actually, right, it doesn't matter. It's, it's, it's nothing got to do with what we're saying here. It's all about Leanne, her mindset. And that mindset was definitely a positive mindset going in here. Like, her fight... Um, one of the fights recently in, in Dublin where she came out and she won after it and then, you know, she spoke to us afterwards and she was she was almost like, Oh, I, you know, I was just glad to get through it. I was don't just, don't say congratulations, I don't want to hear it kind exactly of thing. You know, just like, get away yeah. from me, I'm not happy. Yeah, and now she like she, you know what, she looked like just a winner. You know, she she wanted to win that fight. And we will as I said, we'll talk about the, the skills and what she did in a second, but that that grit, that determination is so fucking it's it's palpable. It's something you need so much, especially when you're someone like Leah, you know, who's a nice person. You know, I don't want to hurt someone, but you have to. You have to fucking do it. And it, she had that in her. It was brilliant. But other than that, on the performance itself, it was funny. I was, I was, I watched it back there, as I said, and I, I was like, Paddy Pimblett's gym, you know, Molly McCann's gym. That is actually a really good gym to prepare for Sarah McMahon. Because if you think about it, like a, a lot of their fighters are. They'll grab onto you. They'll wrestle you. They put like Molly somewhat, Paddy definitely massively. But you even see others say like a Luke Riley, although he he you know he he strikes a lot as we saw a couple of weeks ago. But a lot of the people coming out of that gym are that sort of style. Now, obviously, they haven't reached the um, the the accolades that Sarah McMahon has reached, everything like that. But it's it's actually like a really good place to pre- prepare for that and she looked well prepared i saw i saw her afterwards there was a a clip bellator put out and she was like everything we drilled worked and that that was exactly it like it was her her constant um little adjustments her constant doing the right things that won her this fight as much as the grit and everything we spoke about like we we talk all the time here and on different podcasts about that takedown defense you know the israel adesanya takedown defense the overhook on one side and the wrist control on the other side watch that fight and see how many times liam mccourt did that she did it really really well and i think as well just before that to go back and because the reason i went back and i watched i wanted to see what happened again in like the first minute or two and the striking right not much really happened in the striking but I thought Leah did a good job of just controlling things. You know, she was throwing out the jab. She was using her lint, using her size very, very well. And it forced Sarah McMahon, when she did come inside, it was more desperation. It gave Leah a little bit more time to actually kind of see it. Or, to, you know, if it had gone on a little bit longer, it would have given her the opportunity, right, instead of having someone right on top of me here, I'm going to keep them at lint. If they do come inside... I have a little bit of time to react here because they have to break that distance to get inside. And when you do that, like if she pushes you against the cage or whatever, you can get the overhook, you can get the wrist control on the other side and you can stop her from taking it out. And she did that very, very well. And the other part of it she did as well was like, Leah, com- compared to Sarah McMahon, like Sarah McMahon has fought a 125, if I'm not mistaken. 
you know, she is bigger and stronger than her, even though Sarah McMahon is, is a, a hoss, you know, in terms of her uh, uh, her strength and her wrestling strength as well. Leah did a great job, I think three separate times, of like just moving that hip and getting that judo throw. She g- gave up her back at one stage unit, but the other time she landed, uh, one of the other times she landed on top, and the other time she did the fight, almost got to the, or, or was the start of getting to the finish, I suppose. I, I just picked out those little bits, Graham. I thought they were really good the way she used her size. Yeah, and, you know, Sarah McMahon came in and, you know, she fought aggressively and she tried to make it, you know, take Leah out of her game and put it into Sarah's game and she just she just couldn't get it done. Even when, you know, she she kind of landed on top, Leah was proactive about getting up and not, not being in that position. She, like, you know, she executed the game plan brilliantly against somebody like Sarah McMahon, who you know what she's going to do, but we've seen so many people go in against Sarah McMahon, like, you know, eight-week camp, knowing what she's going to do and not being able to stop it. You know, an Olympic silver medalist is, you know, I know it's not MMA, it's only wrestling, but she's very experienced in MMA. You know, she's, she's what, 20-odd 20, 20 fights now, and she's been around a long time. She's been training a long time. It's not just like a wrestler coming in. She knows little tricks and stuff like that, and she, she just wasn't able to get her game going in the way we, we usually see her because of Leah's uh, counters, because of Leah's reaction, because of Leah's urgency, because of Leah's game plan being executed brilliantly. You know, it was... It was definitely, in my opinion, the best performance of, of Leah, Leah McCourt's career. Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. And Leah, only the second person ever to stop her with strikes after Ronda Rousey back in 2014. You know, so that says a lot as well. You know, when she is getting, <clears throat> you know, f- um, finished at his chokes and stuff, but to actually land that ground upon her. And like that ground upon her, as I mentioned earlier, but that was nasty. Like, you know, throwing those elbows inside. And, you know, maybe everything wasn't landing. At one stage during the ground upon I was like, well, I don't know if you're going to tire yourself out here, but she kind of calmed it down and picked big, bigger shots, elbow shots. Yeah. And that was the finish there. That was smart because, you know, if you do keep learning, maybe the ref will stop it. But if he doesn't, then, you know, that, that arm is going to be tired and you're going to be low on energy, at least temporarily. So it was, it was good composure there in a huge moment, the crowd screaming on top to just, you know, calculate a bit and just, okay, I'm going to land big elbows here. And that was the finish. And yeah, it was, a, it was near, you know, obviously she, she had a judo throw that kind of got reversed and she landed on the bottom, but like, that's going to happen when you're, being there against a you know an Olympic wrestler, and I, I thought her her performance was was you know uh, near near flawless. A hundred percent. And like when you talk about the finish there as well, I think it's almost part of that mindset as well that even like even if you do tire yourself out, it's coming towards the end of the round anyway. So like there's only so much you can do, but like it's almost worth it to go to that, like, I'm winning here, I'm being nasty here mindset. And I, I really think she did that. But you, you are correct, though. She did pick the shots a little bit better. Which she landed an elbow, first of all, which I think was kind of the beginning of the end of that fight because watching it back, it definitely looked like it hurt her more, say, more than when I was watching it live. And McMahon was kind of like, you know, she kind of turtled up a little bit and then she was kind of just taking the shots rather than defending them. And I, I like, there was, as I said, not all the shots were landing, but there was no intelligent defense coming back. It went on for a good turn. Well, the seconds. intelligence defense originally was basically just gloves over the head, uh, like, you know, to, to not move and just to cover the shots. But like, after a while, yeah, you, you got to do a bit going, more than that. Like, yeah, when it keeps going on for so long, you just, the referee had to stop. And I think it was a, it was a good stoppage in the end. But uh, just, a, oh, yeah, in the end, once point. the elbows had started raining down, it was definitely a good stop. But I don't think I don't think even Sarah would complain about that. I think that was that was clear cut, without a doubt. Like what Leah as well. Like she 
has she's still only eleven fights into her career? We must remember that. Like she, she she's still a, a baby in the game. Like and like people people will probably say, oh, you know, I saw some people saying that like, oh, she's on a one fight win streak, but like she really could have won that Katz and Gano fight last time out. The Sinead fight was very very close as well. Like it's not as if she's getting blown out of the water here at all in 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 her losses. And but we can see know, we can see the improvement, you can, like yeah. you know, massively. Like you know what I mean. It, it, obviously, you mentioned the Sinead fight and the kind of mentality, but outside of that, in terms of you know her all round game, her striking, letting it go, you know, uh, using her kind of body shape to her advantage, her length, stuff like she's just developing. And you know, obviously, she squared off in the uh, faced off in the cage with with Chris Cyborg. We don't know what's happening with Bellator. You know, we've had uh, Irish girls promised uh, title shots before and. And they haven't happened, but like you know, it would be very unfortunate for Leah if you know Bellator was to 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 stop while she's on the the verge of a title shot, you know. Um, but it's just so hard to know what's what's going to happen. But it shows how much Bellator think of her that they that they put her in there and the, on the face off, you know. Obviously, uh, she had a, a tough decision with with Katz and Gano in, in the last one, but I think uh, you know they we kind of say it on repeat, but losing and going back and working on it and you know fixing those things is a vital vital part of like you know uh becoming an experienced pro and rounding out your game and you know she's she's only what uh what did you say 11 fights into her career and career now uh, as a pro but she's been around since 2014 as an amateur and we've that's where we may have been following her and like seeing the development even then and you know if, if you if you look at at the the fighter that lost to Katzengano in the last one only what six six seven months ago she looked like a way better fighter now so yeah it's very it's exciting to see what she can do going forward and uh, the only thing that we're kind of stunt that is what's going to happen with bellator what's going to happen we we just don't know yeah 100 percent. like i think she'd find herself on her feet anyway because she's you know young and marketable and you yeah, know but i think she would love that shot at, at cyborg you know um obviously it's an extremely tough matchup for for anybody we've seen that throughout many a year and you know we saw that last night uh but you know uh they're the kind of when you're an amateur when you're coming up you're looking at people like cyborg who've been on top for ages and you're kind of sizing them up and you know seeing how you would beat them and you know it, it would be a shame if if you know on the precipice of, of getting that title shot if, if you know things were to go awry in terms of, of Bellator but yeah I don't know it's no point speculating really until we know concrete information yeah there was there was definitely talks of Bellator <clears throat> doing a Belfast show so uh, I could see that but like Cy- Cyborg has been notoriously hard to get like they've wanted her to fight in Ireland multiple times at this stage and uh, she just won't do it now she's talking about fighting New Year's Eve in Japan whether that'll be Leah or not I don't know but it's massive for Leah like I don't know if you saw I retweeted the clip of an interview I did uh, years ago with Leah and she was uh, you know she said the first MMA fight she ever watched that got her into MMA was Chris Cyborg against Gina Carano like and she said to me in that like I, I want to fight until my uh, idols become my rivals, and here she is. Like, wow, like that. Uh, that's goosebumps, sort of stuff. Like, that's absolutely huge. And, like, I'll be honest as well, just before we move on, I, I thought Sarah McMahon was going to win. Like, I, I was, if you listen to me in any of the previews or the betting shows, I was like, I was trying to be nice and trying to be respectful to Leah, but like, I didn't give her a big chance. I'll, I'll be 100% honest there, and she proved me 100% wrong. Like, fucking I, I, maybe people like sometimes we t- people talk down wins and they talk down the quality wins that's a fucking massive win like that's one of the biggest wins in Irish MMA history outside of McGregor like there, I don't think there's any doubt about that 
like obviously the Ian Gary ones now and stuff, and Peter Quayley beating um, beating Patricky, and and a few, like there's obviously a few other exceptions, Cage Warriors titles and things like that. But that was a massive, massive, massive win against someone who's fought at the very top level. And look, the Cyborg fight. It's it's going to be a tough fight. There's no doubt about that. Cyborg's going to probably come into it as a you know a plus seven or eight or a, sorry a minus seven or eight hundred favorite coming into that. But look, she is getting on. She is getting a little bit older. She didn't really look that way last night, as we'll talk about here in a second. But you know, Leah, if she goes in there, she's aggressive, takes her down. With Cyborg, we've seen with Cyborg before. She doesn't like getting taken down, and Leah is big and strong as well. If she can get her to the ground, there's a chance. Look. Uh, I, I'm not going to come here and lie to you and say I think there's a big chance or anything like that but what what an opportunity to go in there against Cyborg if it does happen um, and you know for Sinead to have gotten that opportunity as well what, like, what a time for women's MMA you in know, Ireland you know, how different huge. would this have been if she was on a two fight losing streak if she had gone in there and lost to Terry McMahon you know yeah. it's, 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 it's quick, so quickly things can can change you know I thought she had a good chance if she, in, in this fight if she could you know stuff the takedowns earlier and once she got taken down, I was thinking, oh, this could be bad. But she was straight back up. You know, she was, she, she, she you could see that she really was, was game. She was really ready for this. And she kind of, you know, she had a good game plan that she was, she was out there executing really well. And, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, ideally you'd probably have another couple of fights before you go in there with Cyborg. But, you know, uh, as you said, no matter when you go in there against Cyborg, it's going to be a difficult matchup. It's going to be, it's going to be hard. It'd be amazing if she could get Cyborg over to Belfast and kind of have that huge kind of support behind her and things like that. But uh, as you said, Cyborg has kind of resisted uh, this kind of thing for years. And uh, at the tail end of her career, she may be, you know, looking at things like, as you said, she mentioned Japan, New Year's and things like that. Maybe she's looking for kind of, um, one or two more, and she's not really looking at um at fighting regularly. So it'd be harder to kind of convince her to to head over to Belfast. But it would be amazing if that was to happen. But you know, um, yeah, it's a cyborg at any time is a difficult matchup for anybody. She hits so hard. You can see like the reaction. We're gonna go on and talk about about her fight, but you can see the reaction when people get hit is different when cyborg hits them a lot of the time. So. Yeah, it's a it's definitely another obstacle to overcome. But Leah's been, you know, she's been showing massive improvement. That's a huge win. It'll give her a lot of confidence. You know, um, uh, getting the TKO as well, showing great, like you know, just showing a, a great all round game uh, defensively and offensively. It's definitely it's definitely uh, exciting times for Leah. But uh, yeah, it's just all up in the air until we until we know what's happening with the whole PFL Bellator situation. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Let's talk about that cyber fight and just uh, just quick. Point as well as making it like women's MMA in Ireland. Like, I remember uh, we had a discussion during the awards uh, preparation there a couple of years ago, and we were talking about like, you know, hopefully in a couple of years we'll be able to add in like an, uh, it was it was the time Shauna won the amateur of the year. We're like, hopefully in a couple of years we'll be able to add in like the Irish uh, amateur women's award and everything like that. And, you know, before when we were doing these awards, it was like very simple who was going to win. It was like, oh, well, you know, Ashley Daly, you know, got a few wins, or Sinead got a few wins, and like they're the obvious. Like, there's no obvious choice now. Like, they're like, who's gonna win? Like, between uh, Leah after that massive win, and say Danny McCormack after winning the Invicta title. Like, I put those pretty comparable in terms of of that. Like, they're, they're, you know, 
it's such a great time for um, women's MMA in Ireland. Like if Sinead had won her fight there uh, a couple of weeks ago, she'd probably be fighting Cyborg, I would say. Like it's obviously Shauna Bannon in the UFC, D Begley now signing for Invicta as well. It's a smashing time for uh, women's yeah, MMA. And this division, the 145 pound women's division, like uh, Bellator is where it's at for that. You know, Bellator, yeah, Bellator if you compare that to UFC, UFC have the odd fight. It's not really a division. So like it's not a case where, you know, there's a bunch of other you know, 135ers in the UFC. This is the very yeah. top level. And with Nunes gone now as well, it, even more so, I think. So, yeah, it's, uh, it is the very top level and, and they're doing very, very well at that uh, at that very top level. Uh, and at the very top level is Chris Seiberg and Kat Zingano. It was, uh, do you know what? I thought Kat did about as well as she could have. <laughs> I think she went out there and she tried her very best. She went for everything and it just wasn't good enough. Like, I really think Kat's aim in this fight was to kick the outside of Cyborg's leg and she tried a few times but she just could not get on Cyborg's left hand side but she because she kept cutting off the cage so well and like any time Zingana tried to kind of circle to that side and kick the leg Cyborg was just a step ahead of her and when she couldn't do that there really wasn't much there like Zingana threw a head kick at one stage and it, it definitely grazed Cyborg she hit her with a right hand at one stage it was nice Cyborg's eye was all uh, bloodshot after it. I don't know if you saw it but um, other than that there really wasn't uh, much of a, an issue for Cyborg um, every time she walked forward and landed shots it looked like the fight was going to end. Um, the fight kind of went to the ground at one stage. Cyborg just dominated, got back, um, and she ended up finishing her TKO KO with punches. She doesn't look like she's lost, lost much of a step here, Graham, does she? She looked tremendous again. Yeah, she did. Like, you know, you wouldn't know that she's she's getting on in age. She's obviously been in there a lot of times, but she, she just looks so powerful her strikes just they're just on a different scale to Castigano strike you know even that that head kick that you mentioned and stuff it's just it just doesn't have anywhere near the same force as like a, a cyborg punch seems to have and looks to have and the reaction that you, the, the opponents have like and yeah, Katzengano put up a really good fight for a while, but by the end, she was just she just had it beaten out of her. You know, she she kind of just, in my opinion, gave up a little bit. Um, you know, uh, I don't uh, I don't really like to say that too much, but you know, when you're under the under the power of Cyborg and she's raining down shots like that, like it's it's it, the fight's only going one way. Uh, you're probably better off just just letting it letting it finish, maybe. But uh, you know, um, for Katzengano, obviously. It's a bit of bad blood there. She would have loved to go out there and beat Cyborg, and she she put on her best effort. But Cyborg has just been a class above for for a long time. Even when she's had like hiccups in her career, like she's come back and you know time and time again, um, uh, like put herself as the the undisputed most you know dangerous woman at, at 145 pounds. And you know for years she was the most dangerous woman in in all of women's MMA. And you know it's a it's a kind of you know, it's kind of a shame that, that Cyborg didn't really have a fair shot at the UFC in in the past. But you know, she's she's made a lot of money. She probably doesn't care that much. She's she's uh, her legacy is kind of you know out and above ahead of ahead of ahead of, ahead of everybody. But you know, it would have been nice if if the UFC had of uh, kind of showed her a bit more respect and you know uh, put on some huge fights that they could have put on at the time. You know, everybody would have absolutely loved to see Ronda versus Cyborg and. If you don't make these fights at the time, you know, t- things change in MMA very quickly. We see it all the time. You need to strike while the iron's hot. And uh, it's a pity that we didn't get some of those kind of 
massive UFC fights with Cyborg over her career, and it looks like it's not going to happen now. But she's had a phenomenal career, like absolutely phenomenal. She's taken on, um, you know, top level kickboxers and kickboxing matches. She's not she's not afraid of anybody. She likes to challenge herself, and you know, a wonderful career. And you know, I, I don't see it stopping soon unless she wants to. You know, she's going to be very hard to beat. You know, it used to be a thing where oh, maybe if you could take her down, but now she's so hard to take down. And even when even when you do take her down, she's she's no mug on the ground. So. Yeah, you know, we were talking about Leah McCourt uh, potentially facing her. She's a very difficult matchup. If you can beat Cyborg, that would be absolutely phenomenal and historic. So that's the challenge that lays ahead for for Leah if she yeah. if she does Cyborg. If she if she did, it'd be up there with McGregor Aldo. I think I think it'd be right up there with it. It'd be absolutely massive. But I I, I think everything you said there is is a hundred percent right. Um, I wanna. I want to pop to the UFC main event and we'll pop back to Bellator because you said about Zingano giving up. What do you think about Grant Dawson? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, like he obviously got hit very hard and dropped, but yeah, it seemed like, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, we've seen we've seen some guys that like, you know, no matter how, how hard they, they get hit, they get back up and they go again. But it seemed like he was like, oh, okay, Jesus, this is, this is, um, this is not going to go my way and kind of just, not let it happen, but didn't put up as much kind of resistance or fight as maybe you know you would expect. Yeah, like it's obviously very harsh and very easy for us sitting here to fucking say it. But like, depends how discombobulated you are from that shot as yeah. well. Like, it's, it's really hard to know what's going on in the brain. But just from like historic looking at similar similar things, it it did seem a bit like you know he didn't put up as much of a fight as maybe you would expect. No, like. He talked, uh, when he was coming in, right, they, they showed a video package and he was like, Islam Makachev is the goal at the moment, but like, I'm here and I'm coming to take your place. Like, he got hit with a nice left hand jab, kind of, kind of a straight left slash jab. Uh, it was a good shot. I wanted to put him down, no problem. But like, if you're turtling up, and just getting finished after that, you're not going to reach that top level. There's, there's just no doubt about it. There's just no doubt about it. Like, there's fighters who reach the very, very top level are just getting through that. And it's a simple, and I know it's been harsh and it's very easy for me to say, but if you look at the guys at the top level, you look, say, uh, Drew Dober fought last night. I was like, this guy in any other weight class probably either would have won the title, fought for the title, you know, had a number one contender about two or three times for the title, yet he's not even ranked, I don't think, is he at 155? And, like, hasn't historically been, like, a name in the rankings. That's the level we're talking about here. Drew Dober's, like, a fantastic fighter at 155. Like, Grant Dawson is a very good fighter, but unless you have it all, like, all... You're not gonna get it done. You're absolutely not. Like fair play to Bobby. Uh, you know it is one. You know there's, there could be something going on. Maybe you know some damage in his face. There could be something going. on. I wouldn't be so quick. You know he had he hadn't lost before that in in what like no it was a years. bad sign though. It was a bad. I know sign. it was a bad sign, but maybe it was just a shot discombobulated him more or something broke in his face or or something. You it know has there to could have be been, something. Yeah. I wouldn't be so quick to to be like oh you're never gonna like you know sometimes. There's stuff going on that we don't know about. Maybe not. Maybe it was just, you know, he reacted badly. Maybe he can go back and learn from that. You know, maybe maybe this will be what spurs him on. We talk about, like, losses all the time, you know. But, yeah, yeah. for him, maybe it hoped that something <laughs> that he that he got a bit more discombobulated than the shot looked or that something kind of broke in his face or there was some kind of damage there that caused him to kind of react like that. But, 
yeah, you know, I wouldn't be, it definitely wasn't a good sign, but I wouldn't be so quick to, to write him off. Yeah. I, I, like Mark Matson yeah. was a pretty good win a couple of fights ago, oh, you know. Uh, Jared Gordon finished, you know. He's definitely uh, a good fighter. He, like, he's a brilliant wrestler and all that, but like, you know, if you're our. If you're only the nail and you don't like you know you're in the hammer and you don't like being the nail, that's that's not great. Like let, let's say someone look Rory McDonald, like he gets his face broken to shreds, like he literally has to like be broken to bits to fall apart. I, I, I know Charles Oliveira has like a different, completely different skill set, <laughs> yeah. but like well, you know, fair. we've seen over the years that like it's not you know you can go back and learn from this and you can kind of get momentum and get confident and kind of turn these things around. I know it doesn't happen usually. Usually, this is a thing that follows people through their career or whatever. But there are a few examples out there where like you know, it's uh, yeah. Sometimes you can you can come back from these things. Yeah, indeed, and. uh I don't know. I just it's one of those ones. I thought I watched the fight last night, and I was like, "Am I going? Am I going to say this? Am I actually?" Gonna? And then when you said it, there, I was like, "Well, do you know what? Let Let's do it." But you know, like you know, GSP tapped the strikes against you know a fat featherweight Matt Sarah. You know, yeah, it's not true. exactly like you know you can you can. It's easy to to say, oh well, like you know, this is gonna this is gonna follow because we've like seen it follow people, but the dogs don't like they don't like that. Yeah, one. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, it'd be very interesting to see his next one, and you know, there's kind of um, people are gonna look at that when they're studying tape and be like, okay, if I can get to this guy, I can make him quit. So that's you know, it's gonna be people are gonna people are gonna try and exploit that. So uh, yeah, you know, I'm always interested in watching the guy's return when he loses his first fight in a long time. Yeah, but uh, a massive win for Bobby Green, and you know he went in there and he, it was a beautiful shot. Like he landed it. I think Luke Thomas was was tweeting about it last night. He landed like the half step in between what Grant Dawson was doing, and it was uh, a lovely shot. Like and, uh, and take absolutely nothing away from Bobby Green at all. A massive win, like for a guy who's like let's be honest, he's been a journeyman in in mixed martial arts to to get a, a win at that level in a main event is absolutely huge. And uh, onwards and upwards. And he got a big win over Tony before that. So. So this is, uh, you know, he's usually very up and down, lose one, win one, and he's put a couple together here, and he's got a big finish. You know, uh, he, he's a good striker, like a, a guy who's a very good boxer. But we don't really see him get that many, get that many finishes. Um, obviously, we saw him, we saw him beat Ally Quinta in, in that way, but that was that was a few years ago now. He's, he, you know, we talked about him over the years. He's a bit of an up and down, inconsistent guy. But if, if he can be consistent, you know, he's very dangerous uh, to a lot of people in that division. Like maybe not at the very top level, but. Just below that, yeah, he's 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 a very dangerous guy, and uh, on his night, you know, he he he's definitely a problem for for most of the people in the division. Yeah, one hundred percent. I'm gonna run through some of the other fights here that happened in Bellator and the UFC, and then we will do our Cage Warriors preview because obviously the massive Cage Warriors Dublin card coming up. Um, the main event over in Bellator was Usman Nurmagomedov against Bryn Primus, uh, and it was again for Bellator another absolute snooze fest of a main event. Uh, Usman Nurmagomedov just literally dominated from I, I would say about the two minute mark on. Like Primus, kept no, even before that, it was like Primus was trying to land a big leg kick and he got hit with about eight and didn't yeah. uh, <laughs> didn't land any himself. It was yeah. like, uh oh. <laughs> but at least like he was trying up until then. And it wasn't, it wasn't that he wasn't trying, but like. I think the fight was kind of taken out of him early when he was like, oh shit, everything I do is just getting me hit and getting me beaten worse. So like, I'm just going to kind of wait here and hopefully something will happen and nothing did happen. And Usman just kind of kicked him and jabbed him and just won the fight. Uh, yeah. If you haven't watched it, don't watch it. It was it was just an, an absolute snooze fest. Like, um, and on paper, 
it looked like a fight that could be pretty good because Primus will go for it and all of that. And uh, Nurmagomedov has been getting a couple more finishes and stuff lately, but this wasn't, no, this wasn't one. Um, the Carmouche and Limele McFarlane fight then. Limele missed away, so Carmouche could only win it. Um, this was good for the first couple of rounds, I thought. Um, I think Limele won the first, possibly. Um, and the second was relatively close as well, but Limele got a knee injury at one stage from... Uh, apparently she brought in a knee injury, but then Carmouche was kicking the knee as well. And then for the last... When did it end? Did it end in round five? For the last two rounds, two and a half rounds maybe, it was literally just Limele kind of hobbling around and just getting her leg kicked off and then eventually it gave 17 seconds into round five it just gave way and they ended up uh, finishing it but look a good win for Liz Carmouche that'll probably be the, the last ever fight for Lehman and McFarland I would say um, and look she's been a great representative for her, her place and for Bellator and stuff as well so a great career there for Liz Carmouche it's you know another another good win and I don't think anyone expected this late career resurgence but it's been uh, absolutely fantastic for Liz and she deserves uh, a huge amount of credit so fair play to uh, fair play to her on, yeah, on that phenomenal wins throughout her career if you look back yeah. now like you know um, she maybe was kind of uh, disregarded uh, by the UFC a bit early and <laughs> you know they uh uh, they obviously uh, she was in there the first female fight against Ronda Rousey a historic moment in, in MMA and in women's sport and like you know I don't think we talk enough about how kind of well and how flawlessly kind of women's MMA is accepted and you know women's main events and stuff are just are just normal in, in MMA and that's not the same in, in other sports so uh, she's obviously been a, a huge part of that she's a historical a historic figure in uh, in women's MMA and she's still at the, at, at the you know at the top level, winning winning title fights, so absolutely phenomenal. Fair play to her. 100%. Um, elsewhere on the card, then, I actually missed this fight because it was, was it the USC main event? I don't know, but uh, Kai Kamaka and Henry Corrales. Kai Kamaka got the win. It was a split decision. I saw a few people saying it was should have gone the other way. I'll have to go back and watch it, but either way, like, Kai Kamaka has improved so much over the last few years, and to get a win over Henry Corrales is, is huge for him. Uh, Slim Trebelsi, who I think a lot of people in Irish MMA and MMA around here know he's goes to 6-0 and now. It was a, it was a, what was a knee injury, I think, here for Davion Franklin, if memory serves me correct. Um, but Oh yeah, he was winning the fight up until then. Anyway, good win there. Uh, Magic Rosansky lost the Ag Shamorodov, almost knocked him out at the start to the second, really close. But other than that, Ag Shamorodov just dominated the fight. Um, so yeah, Mohamed Berkhamov got a win. Grant Neal beat Romero Cotton, and then other stuff happened on that card as well. Uh, on the UFC card, then um, you know it was it was a good card, but not you know nothing of massive note there. Uh, Joe Pfeiffer got the leg kicked off him by Abdel Razak Alassane so he decided to take him down and choke him out uh, Joaquin Buckley Alex Morona was a very good fight like just yeah, you uh, know Joaquin Buckley looked a bit more kind of composed and uh, well rounded than maybe I gave him credit for you know Alex Morona is a difficult guy he's he, kind of awkward looking and doesn't really look like the he's doing the right things but we've seen so many times that he's able to land those shots and he's able to get out of the way and make it difficult but yeah, I thought it was a really, really good performance from Joaquin Buckley. Obviously, uh, Alex Morono was a very hard man to put away, but I, I thought Buckley dominated most of that fight and, you know, um, looked really good. Yeah, it was, a, it was a nightmare matchup, I thought, for Alex Morono, but I think he did well to, to meet the final bell, to be honest. And I, I this was a fight, I think, where the, the towel should have come in. I, I think he was... There was a one stage he was just... 
they were waiting for him to get knocked out and he didn't in the end but like I hate that situation it's like was there something with his face was it like I don't know it looked like his face was uh, something, something was damaged in there at one stage or maybe it was his jaw and he couldn't he couldn't close his mouth properly or something but yeah I remember thinking at one stage there if something's gone on his face and he's already been beaten around like this maybe he should just you know I wasn't thinking about the tail because that's just uh, doesn't even enter my head in MMA yeah. <laughs> like we see it so rarely it rarely does for me but it did in that one I just thought he was getting an awful beating but brilliant performance as you said by Joaquin Buckley and I'd like to see him uh, fight um, Michael Morales is fighting uh, Jake Matthews coming up here in a, in a few weeks time I'd like to see him fight the winner of that I think that'd be a good fight um I mentioned Drew Dober in a very good win over Ricky Glenn again. Big funny with Drew Dober because I I remember like I used to pick Drew Dober like a lot and have like be oh this guy's a huge prospect and then he kind of he lost him. This is probably ten years ago now. He lost a few fights and I was kind of like oh maybe I'm wrong when he's had to build himself back up and he's had you know some very good wins and he's had the odd loss but. You know, he's he's really looking good now. You know, that, that win over Bobby Green, that knockout left hook looks better all the time. Terrence McKinney win, the, uh, Rafael Alves, and this Ricky Glenn win. You know, these are all really good finishes over, over good guys. And, you know, it's kind of, as you said, uh, in a different division, maybe he'd be, he'd be kind of, you know, one of the top guys. And maybe he still can be at this division, but it's just so stacked that, you know, maybe, maybe he can't. But, you know, he's he's kind of finally putting it all together properly. Like I kind of thought he would about 10 years ago. So yeah, fair play to him. You know, in MMA, you can, it's, it can be a very, very rocky road, but if you keep your nose down, keep improving and keep going in there and getting wins, you know, everything can change very quickly. You pull out here or pull out there and you're, you're in a, you're in a big fight and you win that and you know, you never, you never know what's going to happen. So, you know, fair play to Drew Dober. It's been a long road to, to this point and, you know, hopefully he can, he can continue. It's another very good performance. Uh, yeah well said and he's a dangerous guy too like let's say he did get in a short notice fight against someone you know someone who's fighting Dustin Poirier or something they got pulled yeah. pulled out and he's a chance against anyone because of the way he hits and he's a he's a very well-rounded fighter as well it's just as you said it hasn't all clicked all was clicked for him down through the years and he's he's a little bit inconsistent now, so. you know that Matt Favola, you'd expect him to go in there and win and he loses you know it's just some, you know, it's a killer's row and in this division as we say there's a lot of good guys there a lot of very very good guys there who if you if you make a mistake here or there they, they'll punish you and you know Drew Dober though you know uh, he's got to keep his head down keep getting those big finishes keep keep adding to the highlight reel and just you know hope that the kind of opportunity opens for you stay ready on short notice things like that yeah 100% um, Bilal beat Alexander Hernandez then um I thought this this fight went a lot differently than I expected. Like Hernandez, he's down and weight now. One forty five. Fell, fell, fell fight was it? <laughs> was it? Yeah, but it, was it? I think so. I don't know. I can't remember. I don't. Know. Uh, Hernandez. Oh, was it? Yeah, it was. Hernandez is like an exoset of a striker. Yeah, no, from the very start, and he just didn't do that here, and then it felt like he just faded to a decision. Like whereas Aljo's, that's exactly what he wants. He wants to take it long. He wants to expend a lot of energy and everything. And whereas Hernandez, it felt like right, I'm going to throw my straight shots. I'm going to be nice and compact, and you know we're going to get the nil all draw type of thing. <laughs> you know, and it was like, yeah, that that's not going to get you a win against Bill Aljo and. Yeah, it was a good fight, right? It was a good fight. If you were to watch this, just fighter A versus fighter B, it's a very good fight. But it, I, I felt like Alexander Hernandez was fighting here at 65%. Um, and he's another guy, right? A little, a little bit like Dober, but I feel like he, he has all the ability in the world. But like, 
he has so many drawbacks in his game. I think mentally is one of them. So I do think the cardio is an issue. So like when the cardio is an issue and when the mentality is an issue, you almost have to fight in a in a mental fashion. Yeah, you don't want that in your head that yeah. oh, if I if I expend too much energy, I'm I'm fucked here. <laughs> I think that happened with McGregor as well. I think it was a very similar thing with him. We maybe we'll talk about him in a second as well. But yeah, it's Aljo Aljo shouldn't be beating a guy with the skill set of of Hernandez. I don't think. But when you don't have it all together, that skill set isn't that good against a guy like Aljo who has it all together type of thing so you know great win for Aljo take nothing away from him actually it's it, this is a compliment towards Aljo but Hernandez just fighting inside himself again it's yeah, it's it's kind of sad to see at times you know it's it, and we've seen in all different sorts of sort and maybe I'm being a bit I, I don't know I just think a lot of Hernandez I really do and I don't think a lot of other people do to be honest so maybe it's just me but yeah that was that was my opinion on it anyway sometimes um, when you're like criticising guys it's because you know that they have yeah. you know that they could take it to the, to the next level if, if a guy's just not good you're just like oh well whatever like, you know what I mean? yeah 100% um, Karina Kovilkevich a very good win over Diana Belbicha. Uh she's coming back from you know that massive losing streak and now she's on a good winning streak so fair play to Kovilkevich a, a great career resource then Nate Mianis won Vanessa Dimopoulos won a lot of people giving out about the uh, judging there uh, I didn't see the whole fight so no no comment from me on that I'm calling full arson winger here on it Quara uh, Lang won and JJ Aldrich also won over there um just the last thing, one championship had a card as well. Graham, do you know I do my five bets for the week? All five of my bets lost this week. <laughs> it was a horrendous week for me and my bets. Tan Lee, I gave Ilya Frimanov as one of them. And Tan Lee submitted him with a heel look in uh, 62 seconds here. Great comeback for, for Tan Lee there. Um, and he wins the interim title. So he'll rematch the, the champ there coming in. Um, Joshua Passio. Got a massive underdog win. You know, we you talk there, Graham, about if you're over plus 400 or something, you're better off um, back in the underdog. Passio here was like, I think it was plus 470 or something. Um, um, uh, Mansour Melkiev was plus 909, I believe, or minus 909, sorry, coming into this. And Passio won, so a very good win for him. Timothy Natsuk and Lasta Lepin Zhang. Uh, Echo Rani as well, who was another one of my bets, Lasta Hung Yu, got knocked out in the first round. And uh, that was all the MMA, I believe, was it? Yeah. So let's do it, Graham. Let's talk about um, Cage Warriors in our beautiful home country of Ireland. Paul Hughes against uh, Jan Quihagans is the main event. Um, what do you think of the card overall, Graham? Before I give my, I give my opinion on what's your opinion on the overall card, the overall event here? Um, the overall card. Um. Obviously, you know, we're kind of spoiled with with uh, what we've had over the last few years in terms of events in the three arena. And it would have been nice to have this in the three arena. It's kind of, you know, a bit of a downgrade just being in the RDS instead of the arena, which which may affect the kind of atmosphere and stuff like that. Maybe it'll be better in the RDS. Like, I, I'm trying to remember if I've ever even been to an Irish MMA event in the RDS. Um, I don't think I have. So it'll be a bit different, a bit new. That'll kind of be cool. We'll see how that works out. But yeah, in terms of the actual fight card, you know, I think having Paul Hughes on as the main event has really kind of, in, in a lot of ways, saved this card. You know, um, obviously Ryan Shelley and uh, people like uh, Solomon Simon, Macari, Jer Harris, you know, exciting, like James Sheehan, exciting guys you want to watch, Taku Mandu, 
Uh, it's a bit disappointing the Alexander O'Sullivan fight got pulled, but you know Mason Jones on there. If you look at it on paper, look, it's a pretty good card. It, it it'll probably be you know there'll probably be some really good fights, and I'm very interested to see people like Jer Harris, Paddy McCrory, uh, uh, Simon, things like that. The early pros and Taku Mandu and. The kind of more experience, the kind of mid experienced pros like like James Sheehan and, and Ryan Shelley. Maybe it's just it's not that kind of there's no one matchup where there's been a bit of back and forth, you know, talk or there's a bit of rivalry or there's, there's you know, um, maybe they're kind of fighting a bit unknown quantities, which is kind of a little bit harder to get excited about than if you if you kind of know the the opponents a bit better and know what they offer and know how dangerous they are and things like that. Obviously, this Mason Jones, uh, Jan Lais, is that how you say it? That's a, that's, a, that's a great fight, you know. Um, and the Paul Hughes one, you know, coming in there against a guy who's, who's you know, he's a Paul Hughes, a 145-pound champion, was hoping to go to the UFC, all that storyline going on there. He's fighting a guy... Who you know beat Peter Queeley at welterweight before you know or not Peter Queeley uh, Peter Mulpeter, uh, Phil Mulpeter, <laughs> Phil Peter Mulpeter, Peter Mulpeter, <laughs> <laughs> Phil Mulpeter, the Honey Badger. He beat him before at welterweight. So this is a big guy. You know he's been in there. You know I I, I watched back his uh, his uh, Lister fight there and uh, Lister's like a good guy, a big guy, and you know uh, Jan, Jan ended up winning that, but he had a you know he had a, he ended up on the bottom for a while and he didn't have it all his own way. But you know it's just a an unknown kind of thing for for Paul Hughes. We haven't seen him fight somebody of this kind of body type and uh, size and upper weight changes th- things for Paul as well. And you know, when when a fighter goes up, you know, in in MMA, it's ten pounds. It's it's a big it's a big step. It's a little bit different. You know, Paul's been out for what 11, 11 months now as well. There's a few things going on there. I think the whole Paul Hughes thing just saves the the card in terms of being excited about it and getting um casuals into it yeah i would agree like it's it needed paul hughes desperately like if it didn't have paul hughes we'd be talking here about like oh jesus this this just isn't good like we we we, we really would um and it's not to say we're not looking forward to the irish fighters fighting and it's not yeah because i actually really am like, I, like I'm too, looking yeah. to, really look forward to the james sheehan fight the gerhard like i'm looking forward to a lot of these fights the the shelly fight takumandu like i'm looking forward to seeing all these guys it's just Maybe, you know, I think we're just a bit spoiled <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in, but a, like, in a way. It's also a timing thing as well, because like, if you think about it, right, so Reese McKee just won the title and he went to the UFC. Caelan Ochran just went to the title, won the title and he went to the UFC. Paul Hughes was a champion, but he's not fighting for the title here. But we do have him on the guard, so we'd won out of the three there. Then we had James Sheehan fighting Oban Elliott. And if he'd won that, he probably would be fighting for the title here, the, you know, uh, the vacant title that Reese McKee held. But he lost that fight, so he's like a step back. Like if Ryan Shelley had won his last fight against Tobias Rilla, he could very well have been fighting for the title here. So it's just it's just bad timing. Like we had four people on the card who could have all been fighting for a title on this card, but two of them went to the UFC and two of them ended up losing on that card. So like it's you feel from Cage Warriors side, right? So it's understandable. But like when you're putting it up there against say the PFL card coming up, you're putting it up there against the Beltor card that just happened, they have a, a, the same or a similar level of Irish prospects, especially as Beltor. We'll see on the PFL card, obviously that hasn't been made yet, but but they don't have, you know, the the Johnny Eblen fight. They don't have a, a you know Fabian Edwards. They don't have a Yoel Romero. They don't they just they can't have that and they don't have that. And 
it does feel like they were putting them side by side with that. Now, maybe that's a little bit unfair. Well, when, when they planned this card, they probably thought, you know, Caden Locker and Reese McKee, as you were talking about, they probably thought they did have these guys available or at least, you know, more than they do. And, you know, obviously moving to the RDS is kind of uh, showing that, you know, it's, this isn't going to, this isn't going to sell, uh, you know, four or five, four or five, thousand tickets uh but you know with paul hughes been out of the car maybe card maybe they could have got maybe they could have got closer to that maybe if they had stayed in the three arena it would be a different story but i think with as you said with just with all the cards in the three arena all the irish cards i think you know pfl coming up rumors of ufc coming next year things like that you know i think you know the economy all that stuff people it's, it's difficult out there for some people so i can see i can see it makes sense to move to the rds but you know, ideally for Cage Warriors, they are probably planning on having you know three top Irish champions at the top of the at the top of the card, and it didn't happen. And you know, it's kind of it's kind of been a case of saving the day with Paul Hughes, and maybe people are saying, "Oh well, like why isn't he fighting for the hundred and forty five pound title?" But for me and for most fans, I reckon just to have Paul Hughes on the card and have you know these questions and these kind of uh, different things going on around the fight and with the weight and things like that, and not and haven't been out for a while and. You know, this guy haven't fought at welterweight before. It's probably going to be a sizable uh, size difference. So, yeah, I think um, obviously it's not ideal, but it's been kind of, yeah, as we said, saved by Paul Hughes. And, yeah. you know, hopefully for the Irish fans, he can go out there and get the win and get signed for the UFC like we've kind of been talking about for a long time. But, you know, um, this is this is a different, a different test than he's used to. So something he has to figure out and overcome. And, you know, we've been talking about Paul Hughes for, for a long, long time. We've been talking about him and Ian Gary as being the best prospects in the country since they were amateurs, young pros, you know, a long time. And uh, Paul Hughes kind of been left behind a little bit through no fault of his own. And here's his chance to come out and show here, I'm Paul Hughes and I'm the next, you know, big prospect and uh, like to kick down the door to the UFC and, you know, make it so that, you know, he has to be signed that the calls are, are too, are too loud for, for the UFC to, risk him going to somewhere like PFL or anywhere else. Yeah, like, this fight in itself makes absolutely no sense. Like, it's uh, the featherweight champion fighting a contender at, at um, uh, lightweight. Um, it just makes zero sense, but... It, it makes, makes a lot sense. more sense than no Paul Hughes fight. <laughs> exactly. It makes sense because Cage Warriors needed him. Paul Hughes needed a fight. You know, I interviewed him last week. He said that straight up to me as well. Like, And if people haven't heard that interview, we, we've talked about it twice now, so if you haven't heard it, it's over on the, the Severe May YouTube and check it out. But like, Paul was injured at the start of the year. He had a UFC offer that visa issues stopped for him. He was waiting until Paris, and then when that didn't happen, he was he was uh, on this card basically in his mind. And then obviously it happened late, but he really needed he needed a fight. He you need to be active. You can't just wait and wait and wait. And I think it was right for him to take it, and it's obviously right for Cage Warriors to to have him on this as well. So it's that's massive, right? And it also turns as well from one of those cards where. You look at it on paper and go, okay, maybe, it's, and, and it's not that it's any of the fights are bad or anything. It's like just needs a little bit more. But also, if the Irish go on a streak here, it could turn into one of those classic cards that everyone's like, oh my god, what a fucking event! We'll, we'll remember that forever. So these these things can quickly change. On the Hughes fight, right? This is a tough fight for Paul Hughes, and he said that to me in the interview as well. Like that, Yankee Higgins, he can strike, he can hit, he has power. As you said, Graham, he's big, has fought a welterweight before, and Hughes. He's coming off of an 11-month layoff, um, which 
I'm sure he's been absolutely dying to fight, especially recently. Um, I wonder how he's going to enter it. I wonder how he's going to fight differently at 155. You know, the, the the issue for him not getting signed was not getting finishes at 145. Is that going to change at 155? Uh, this is only three rounds as well as opposed to five for his uh, featherweight title fight. It's a, this is a by no means, oh, we'll go in and we'll get the finish, we'll get the win and we'll go to the UFC for Paul Hughes. You know, getting the win in itself is is an achievement here and that, that's not me talking out of Turner ending like he literally said that himself so this is a there's weight class for a reason you know what I mean and this guy's fought at 170 before against you know Phil uh, Peter as I, as I butchered earlier Peter um, Peter Mo, Peter Mo, Phil. Um, yeah, so, you know, stepping up 10 pounds against a guy who's fought up 20, 25 pounds, you know, higher than, than featherweight is is definitely, a, you know, there's a reason why, why you guys don't change weight classes or are wary of changing weight classes and why it's, you know, we've seen so many guys not be successful uh, going up weight classes. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely... It's definitely a risk from Paul Hughes that he didn't need to take, but he's very, very confident in his abilities. And, you know, um, we, we've seen how well-rounded he is. We've seen, we, like, we've seen on the feed him able to put people away. We've seen him able to land shots over five rounds. We've seen him able to mix in his grappling. We've seen him able, you know, we've seen him do it all. And uh, I expect him to go in here, in here and win. But, yeah, it's definitely a different test than, than he's used to. And, you know, uh, a, t- a, t- a test that... Uh, shouldn't in my opinion have been necessary for him to to get to the UFC and you know I, I want to see him back at 145 but um but I'm intrigued uh you know uh to see how this fight looks to see you know this is a huge fight for Jan as well you know he's coming in here with a chance to kind of steal all the the thunder here so he's coming in obviously against the hometown guy and he, he'd love to upset that and kind of make a big name for himself so you know it's 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 not going to be easy but I expect Paul Hughes to be well-rounded enough to to win the fight wherever it goes yeah I, I would agree with that like for Jan as well like this could be his ticket to the UFC you beat the biggest prospect in the world you know you could get to the UFC or you could get a contender series shot or something like that so there's a lot on the line for him but I agree I, like I think Paul he just has the skill set he's fast he is uh, very well-rounded but like it's just, I think the cleanliness of his work recently, just so sharp. All the fundamentals are looking better and better all the time. Now, as I said, the 11 months out, let's see how that works out with the 11 months out. But let's say he's at 100% or close to it. I do think this is a fight he will win. Just avoid the power uh, of Yan and work around him, bamboozle him, use that speed, use the ability. And I think he can get the, uh, I don't know about the finish, only in three rounds, but I think he can get the win anyway, definitely here. But I'm really looking forward to that. It's just a really good fight. It's a really 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 good fight and I'm looking forward to seeing it um, massive fight then for a f- you know James Sheehan massive fight for Ryan Shelley first of all Ryan Shelley he's fighting Jordy Backass who you know I went and watched a few of his fights and uh, one of them they called him a judo guy but he just seems to have no interest in it he strikes he's wild uh, and he can get taken down as well and I don't think he's the best striker in the world to be honest which it's probably a very good matchup for uh, for Ryan Shelley. Now, maybe he'll go back to that judo and maybe he'll try to take Ryan down, which he probably should. But I've seen it, like in those couple of those past fights, he's fighting guys who are strikers and he still strikes with them. So if you're Ryan Shelley, like you're preparing most of your fights for guys who are just going to try to take you down and take you down, take you down. If you're fighting a guy here who's just going to strike with you, I think we, sh- we could see a real good uh, side of Ryan Shelley. And you know, we obviously he's coming off of that loss to be a Cirilla. I think everyone probably acknowledges now that that was a little bit too early in his career. But as we've seen with his brother and as we've seen with the, the camp and team KF, they're a brilliant camp to bring you back from a loss. Uh, 
not necessarily rebuild you, but continue to build you to the fighter that you want to become. And it's, you know, they have always shown that they bounce back from them losses really well. Massive fight here from Ryan Jelly because, as you were saying, Graham, earlier with Leah, like, it, there's a big difference between, you know, one and one in your last two and oh and two yeah, in your last two. Yeah, I about to say that again. <laughs> you know, this is a big fight. When you're coming off a loss, it just adds that huge extra pressure. Well, like, you know, uh, to most people anyway and you know he was riding high he, uh, he had that kind of controversial win over Matt Elliott but then he went in there and had a brilliant first round with Rear Naked Choke win over Josh Reed and you know everything was going perfect and now he's facing a bit of adversity he's lost his, his first fight as a pro he got finished you know this is this is you know an easier matchup but it's still not an easy matchup especially with, with all that going on you know um, the extra pressure fighting at home as well maybe when you're got the momentum it's a, it's a great thing and you're on a win when you're on a when you've lost a fight and you have to come back, maybe it has a little bit of pressure. It just depends on the on the personality and the the mental state of the person. And there's there's kind of you know a bit more pressure, I think, than than um, people may may think on on this fight. And it's a very important fight for Ryan to win. And you know, I think he will win, but I think there is ways that you know uh, Jordy here could could cause trouble for him. And if and if he's not careful, could win. If he doesn't perform in the way you know we've seen him perform in the past, and he performed in the Josh Reed fight. You know, um, doubts could start creeping into his own mind, and that's that's a dangerous place to be. But if he can get off to a good start and you know uh, get into the zone, then you know I think I think he should have enough here. But yeah, it's, it's there's a lot of things going on um, that maybe at the surface you wouldn't you wouldn't think. Um, we've seen it before. You know, um, guys can be riding high on streaks, they lose one, and their confidence is down. You look at even people like Francis and Ganu, like you know we've seen that when yeah. a guy loses a pro for the first time and he doesn't look the same for a couple of fights. There's extra pressure. There's a doubt. There's a, a reluctance to pull the trigger be, because you don't want to end up, uh, you know, being finished again. So or or losing again. So. Yeah, uh, you know, all being well and that kind of t- t- uh, side of things, I expect him to go in there and win. But yeah, there's an extra pressure. Uh, uh, the first time, um, you know, the first time in his career, Ryan has felt uh, this type of pressure. So it's a different pressure, and we'll see how he handles it. But I expect him to go in there and win. Yeah, I, I would uh, as well. I think he, I think he'd be a big favorite. I don't think the odds are out yet, but uh, I do expect him to win there. Didn't the James Sheen fight against Ali Senatali? Um, I tell you, this is a, a tough fight. Uh, Ali is eighteen fights into his career. Um, very powerful guy who hooks a lot. Does reach in a little bit. He likes to take down. Gets taken down himself a little bit as well. But he's good jujitsu. Good off his back. He does want to wrestle an awful lot. You know, and, and not that they're similar fighters, but I think they're similarly kind of varied and well-rounded fighters. And. I, it's a tough matchup. Look, it's a tough matchup for both of them, I think. But for James Sheehan, Graham, like, he was right there towards the top of the mountain top. Like, if he had beaten up and like, that, that was a very close fight as well. Um, that one, like, he's on, what, a five fight win streak coming into that fight. This is a big fight. And I think it's the type of fight and the type of opponent that. If he does win it, I think Cage Warriors will value that an awful lot, and he could be fighting for a title, or could be one away from a title with it, with the um, uh, with, with a win here. But it's it's a massive fight to get that again. Graham come out, coming off a loss, it's the same story again. One and one versus zero and two is is a big big difference here, and it's a huge fight for James Sheehan. Yeah, it's a huge fight for him, and you know if you look at his record, maybe you'll think uh, you know not think much. You kind of skip by it, but like the guys, the guys he's fought, you know, obviously losing to Ian Gary in, in his third ever fight, and fighting Matthew Bonner and losing the decision in his in his debut, and 
you know, we, we've seen Oban Elliott on the Contender Series, how good he looked. Uh, he got to the UFC, um, you know, wish him the best of luck and all that. But, but you know, these are high-level guys to be fighting early on in your career. Um, obviously, you know, we, we don't need to mention how well Ian Gary's done. Um, but, uh, yeah, again, you're coming off a loss against Oban Elliott. You're going in there against a much more experienced guy than you, a guy um, who has uh, 18 fights already. You know, he's, he's fucking all over the world. He's fought in Brave. He's fought... He's fought like all over the place, and he's he's been fighting since two thousand and ten as an amateur. So he's just a very experienced guy who, you know, he's going to make you work for this. And James Sheehan's no not afraid. You're not going to shy away from working. So you know this could be a close rounds. Um, you know, one big shot could be turning these rounds, and this could be a decision. And you know, we we've seen James Sheehan win a lot of them in the past. Uh, well, not a lot of them. We've seen him uh, win like that in the past. He, you know, he's a guy who usually gets gets in there and tries to put a guy away but you know in this fight maybe being a little bit more careful and trying to land your shots and EK rounds might be the might be the best game plan here and yeah I expect James Sheehan to probably you know edge out a decision but I think the rounds are going to be so close that it could go either way yeah, 100%. I, I think it's going to be a very, very close fight. I wouldn't be surprised at all if it uh, it went to a decision and it was and it was a close decision. So, yeah, that's a, a big fight. Uh, and I suppose the other kind of top-level fight, uh, if we're looking towards titles in this card, is the one you mentioned earlier, Mason Jones and Yan Lias. Um, you know, great. Like, Mason Jones, I suppose, he's the guy who would be comparable to the, some of the guys you brought over for, with, with Bellator and everything like that that the Irish fans would pay and want to see. So this is uh, a very good ad for Cage Warriors in this. Um, finally asked who for the title last time out like he didn't show his ability in that fight at all like I watched a good bit of tape for him coming into that and that guy is a dangerous fighter he can do it all and this is a tough matchup I think for Mason Jones um, but look Mason Jones is on I suppose a rebuilding phase in his career now he'll need to go in here and I suppose impose his will on Lias I think he should get the win but I don't think it'll be as easy as uh, as maybe people might think after Lias's last I'd like to see what shape Mason Jones is in at the weigh-ins because sometimes you know he's maybe not in the the best shape so I'm interested kind of to see what he looks like before I kind of make any predictions here on, on this one ooh holding off holding off the predictions until Friday I like it I like it um it's on the card, there's a lot of top talent. Like, there's a lot of, like, say, the, the likes of Solomon Simon. I remember I was at Solomon Simon's second amateur fight, and I remember thinking, like, this guy obviously very green in his second amateur fight, but there's something there. And now he's two and zero as a pro, you know, uh, training out of out of uh, Team Rhino in Waterford. But I believe he comes up to the the big Team Rhino as well, and you know, going in there against his opponent. His opponent was the only guy I didn't really uh, find any tape on so it's hard to know who he's going in there against but a big fight for him uh, unfortunately as you mentioned earlier Graham the Alexander O'Sullivan fight uh, is off uh, but Ger Harris Takamandu are fighting as well like Ger Harris his opponent Ryan Hewitt you know he's he's not a bad fighter at all very straight up very quick fast jab but I think Ger Harris is a is a tremendous athlete um, I think he is fast good hands and all of that the takedown defense would be maybe a bit of an issue, but I think that's something that will improve and has continued to improve, and I don't think Hewitt will test that much, so that's a big fight for him there. And the Taka fight, uh, as well as I mentioned, his opponent is, he's a wild kicker. He kicks and he kicks and he kicks all the time. Like, all he does is nearly kick. Um, 
and I think Taka probably needs to, to pray on that. Leon Hill fight has been added as well, Graham, hasn't I know Andy interviewed him last night enough that that interview is out yet, but he's going to be on the card as well. So that's a big, and I mean, you know, I mentioned kind of the, the people getting towards titles. He's definitely one, Leon Hill, who, who could be on the way to the title uh, with, with a win in, in next Saturday. But that's that's a big ad for the card as well, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, definitely. That's a that's a big ad for the card, and he's he's an exciting guy. He's an up and coming prospect that a lot of people are have been talking about for a, lo- a long time, and you know his own gym are very excited about him. And it's a, it's a, you know it's a you know uh, these guys are kind of fighting the all of these guys the Irish guys are kind of fighting the natural progression fight. They're going in there against. Um, guys kind of a slight step up if they're on a win you know people like uh paddy mccurry uh, obviously went in there against james webb too early and he's kind of come back down and fought hewitt and now he's fighting caddy and it's kind of making the natural the correct progression and people like jerry harris uh doing the same thing uh taku mandu uh unfortunate for alexander Sullivan, as we said solomon simon you know going in there against a three and oh guy uh, it's it's the right it's the right fight you know so when we're saying when I'm saying oh, this Cage Warriors card, maybe there's guys we don't we haven't heard of, and that's why people aren't excited. But you know, it makes sense. The matchmaking makes sense. It's the the right the right fights, the right tests for these guys. But yeah, it's just you know Leon Hill being out of and obviously Paul Hughes being out of definitely helps the the card in terms of excitement. But uh, just for the casual fans, more talking, it, it, maybe it's hard to harder to sell the casual fans on these fights than you know historically it has been to, to sell fights to, to people to try and get them interested in in the Cage Warriors card in Ireland. Yeah, I, I think a lot of the opponents are very much unknown as well. Like, I think the Paddy McCurry Samir Caddy fight's a great example. Like, cause that what what go back and I watched a bit of Paddy, watched a, a good bit of, of uh, Samir as well. I think that's going to be a fucking brilliant fight. Like, the two of these lads are, like, outside, hard kickboxers who do loads of circling. And, like, this is this is your, you know, Wonderboy versus MVP type of fight, <laughs> you know, with, with 185ers and the, and the local scene type of thing. But both of them have the ability... Like what my seventeen did a preview for this, and Ian reckons Macari was going to be a champion at one eighty five, and I was like, I reckon Caddy's going to be a champion at one eighty five. This is like this is a really, really, really good fight, and not to say Macari couldn't be either. I think both of them probably could be, but this this is like a, a fantastic fight. But like you look at that and you think, all right, I see it in Sherdog or whatever, and you're like, oh, you know, Paddy Macari's fighting, who's he's born, and oh, Caddy maybe, yeah. But like, it's just that they are kind of. There's a lot of unknowns on this, like, and you almost have to do your research or listen to a podcast like this to appreciate it. Like, unless uh, if I hadn't gone back and watched Sanatali, uh, who's fighting James Sheen, I wouldn't have known. Like, that's fucking, that's a tough matchup for James Sheen. It could be an absolute war of a fight. Like, it's there's a lot, there's a lot to study to get that, and you know that's an issue for cage warriors but also like it it's rewarding as well at the same time do you know one other big problem as well Graham, i just thought um this is on at the same time as the ireland new zealand rugby world cup game next week uh and we saw for bellator that that was a massive issue for them um so i think uh, Jay, poor, poor me well, yeah i think uh <laughs> i'm missing this historic uh maybe maybe i'll be uh missing uh tear jerking crushing defeat to New Zealand who well, always although all will probably happen is they'll probably beat New Zealand and then lose to Argentina in the semi-final or something that'd be the that'd be the most Ireland thing ever but yeah uh, I think uh, this team is a bit too good to, to do mm, that we'll see all jokes aside though like last minute last week sales 
are definitely going to be affected by that. Like, there isn't going to be as many people walking up. Now, maybe there, maybe there will be. Maybe they'll they'll watch the match and they'll come in. For sure, the sure. It's only the posh shows you like the ruby, is it? Or if, is everybody on the bandwagon now? I don't know. You will. You, as a posh show yourself, you should know. <laughs> and I'm like, and but yeah, I I um I do think that will will be an issue with with the ticket sales here and everything. But look, I'm looking forward to. I think this is the type of one, right? That next week. There, we might be, we might have been a bit negative on it today, but like next week, I think we're probably going to be a, a very positive on it because I do think it's going to deliver. I do think it's going to be a good card. Like watching their opponents, watching the lads themselves, like that Harris Hewitt fight, I think is going to be a banger. Macari Caddy, that's going to be a fight at night, in my opinion. I think Sheehan uh, against uh, Salatani is going to be a really close battle. I think Jones Lias is going to be a good fight as well. I'm very interested to see how Taka uh, performs against uh, Priev. Um, and obviously, Paul Hughes in the main event is going to be massive. Solomon Simon, Ryan Shelley is going to be massive as well. Uh, and Leon Hill. Um, overall, Graham. Great to see the Irish getting their um, getting their spot. And great to see... Um, I always love Cage Warriors. And just as well, just to add as well before, before I forget about it, uh, Karen McNally's fighting next week in KSW as well. He's opening up the card against Tobias Lee and that's, I watched, I did a preview for that and watched the, the two of them. That's going to be a fucking barn burner as well. Like they're two very, very good fighters there. Um, main event to that is uh, Michelle Martelek against Dario Stolcic in the heavyweight division and a fight if you're want to watch one fight in that, watch Leo Brichta against Roman Siminski. This Brichta is... He's 11-3, and three and I don't know how he lost three fights. He's that good. He's fucking unbelievable. But, yeah, great weekend again for uh, European MMA next week. Great weekend for Irish MMA next week. And uh, we hold on. We, did we talk about next week's UFC? No, we didn't. Sadiq Yusuf versus Edson Barboza, Jennifer Maya, Arujo, uh, and other fights as well. The lads will have that on the preview show this week. And uh, tune in. Elkins, uh, the damage returns. My guy against TJ. Yeah, Michael Pay. Yeah. Some, some interesting fights. There is, yeah. He was, yeah. he was supposed to fight who was he supposed to fight uh, Barry Alt and he pulled out he's fighting Petrosky now I think instead so yeah that's not a bad fight at all alright we leave it there um, oh last thing Connor's back in Usadogram he announced it the other day Dana White announced it uh, the, the paperwork is going to be in on Monday apparently you looking forward to seeing Connor coming back? We don't talk about him that often for an Irish MMA podcast. We don't mention <laughs> yeah. him much, but yeah, I think it's great. You know, for for the sport, it's great for you know excitement. You know, there's there's a different excitement around uh, uh, Connor fight week, uh, in my opinion, than than ninety percent, if not all the the fight weeks. And you know, love him or hate him, it's a it's a big event when he fights. And you know, hopefully, hopefully, it's six months from now. You know, he he's in there. The the leg is holds up in camp and all that stuff. Uh, I haven't heard anything to, to, you know, to think it won't. But you know, we've seen, we've seen bad leg breaks in the UFC and in MMA, and we haven't really seen anybody come back from it. So it's it's definitely a big ask to do that. But you know, that just adds kind of intrigue and all that stuff to to his return. And I think by the time it happens, people are going to be very excited, and I'm 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 looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it too. It's you know. I hope Connor stays in the straight and narrow over the next while. I hope he's in camp. I hope, uh, you know, I hope it's preparation, preparation, preparation for the next six months. You know, it's probably going to be UFC 300. Let's be honest here. Um, which I think is... Do you think so? Yeah. Do you think so? Yeah. Do you think yeah. UFC 300 is going to sell big anyway and they can do another big one with Connor or, and kind of help maybe 299 or... Uh, I no, don't know. I, I is, is it kind of, you know, giving the pay-per-view points to Connor. 
for the UC 300 might be a thing that the UC don't want to do? No, I think they will. I think they'll do UC 300. I think, uh, yeah, I, I, I do. Yeah, I just think they will. It, it, like the NOI kind of... Yeah, I'd love to see that. I'd love to see that. But yeah. part of me thinks maybe they'll they'll spread it out a little bit thinking that UC 300 will sell itself. Mm, why will it sell itself though? Like just people just buying a number? Like I don't think that's... Uh, you stick a golden canvas on it and try to make it <laughs> historic and bring back all the history. You know how they do it. Like, yeah. you know, they'll have... Uh, you know, they, if they wanted to, they can make it happen. Who do you think you'll fight? I think it'll be Chandler. I think it'll be Chandler. Yeah, I think it probably will be too, but I'd way rather it be the winner of Ferguson and uh, Pimblet. I think that'd make a lot more sense. Uh, I think Chandler is... A warm-up fight like would make yeah. a lot of sense coming back after a long layoff for such a serious injury, like a, a career-threatening injury, you know. But um, yeah, I think I think Connor would want to go in there against somebody who could put him in a title picture, and I think the UFC would like that too. So I think it's probably going to be Chandler. Yeah, I think that's a massive mistake. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think I don't think that's thinking about long term. Like I don't think that's thinking about not and not even long term. Like fucking short, medium term, short term. Like yeah, Chandler should be the second fight back rather than the first fight back. Like it's not it's not as if Connor's just been out or he just coming off a loss or whatever. Like he's been out a long time, coming off of a loss, coming off of a fucking shattered leg, like one of the worst injuries we've ever seen in the UFC, and to come back in against a guy like Michael Chandler. Like, and I'm not just talking about Connor. If that was anyone, I don't think that's advisable to come back like that. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it works out. MMA has a Do, does he need a challenge like that to motivate him, though? You know what I mean? Yeah, maybe. And that, like that, that's the thing itself. Even if there was none, none of the injury, I, I'm going back at the, the exact opposite of what I just said. Like, if there was none of what I just said, like, can he get motivated? Like, he's so much money. He was putting up yesterday. He's a billionaire. Like. <sighs> tell you one thing I wouldn't be doing if I was a billionaire is getting fucking punched in the face by Michael Chandler <laughs> I'll tell you that for free so you know it's we'll see we'll see but I, I think Connor he could listen to this and go what are these fuckers questioning me it's like that that's the sort of thing I'll motivate him not me or anyone but like a lot of people I guarantee you a lot of people are, are going to be questioning him. and they, like they should be like I, they should be questioning anyone coming back from fucking three years out coming off of a broken leg against someone the quality of Michael Chandler absolutely but like that's the sort of thing maybe he needs to motivate him but at the same time like he's not fooling coming either, back like. and, and if he was to come back and win and beat Chandler and knock Chandler out after all of this, it would be another historical moment. And that's what Connor's looking to kind of, he's looking to make history. He's not looking to go in there and, you know, beat up a Paddy Pimblet. Wow. Shots. You know, but that's how he's thinking. That's how how Connor's thinking. He's thinking, I want to get myself in the, I want to win that belt again. I want to make history. I want to do the, I I, I don't want to wait. I don't want to. But the way to get to that, the way to get to that is to beat Paddy Pimblet or Tony Ferguson. No, No, I I agree. I've, I said I wanted Tony Ferguson for three years now to be his comeback voice, Connor's comeback voice. But I'm just thinking how, how he's probably thinking about it. Yeah, but I I think Connor isn't twenty five anymore, and I think he has to adjust that thinking. Like he, you know, we talked about it on the podcast years ago. Like he needs three or four fights to come back, and then he started talking about that. And he's like, I'm gonna get the season and all. Now that didn't work out, and maybe he's thinking like, oh, I don't want to do that again. But now is a better time to do that. Like now is the type of time. Like you need put him in there with fucking Drew Dober. Like you know, <laughs> but, but he that's the type of fight he needs to get back. But they won't because they're gonna earn a, a big amount of money out of it. And like you know will he fight again if he loses and all of that who knows like it's uh, I think the UFC oh, yeah, we have six we have six months to speculate on it we do we, do. <laughs> we, we have a few months anyway I think indeed indeed 
All right, we leave it there. Thank you to everybody for tuning in. Enjoy the fights this weekend. And uh, if you haven't subscribed to Patreon yet, please do patreon.com forward slash Severe My Podcast. Check out Caldera Lab. Get 20% off uh, with the promo code Severe May at Caldera Lab dot com. Uh, follow me at Sean MBA. Follow Graham at Severe May. Follow at Severe May Pod to keep up to date with the podcast as well. Uh, and if you haven't subscribed yet, please do. SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Podcast Republic, all of those fine places. We are on every single one of them. Graham, see us out with your quote for the week. I tried to make it work. You in a cocktail skirt and me in a suit. Well, it just wasn't me. We'll see you next Tuesday. You know what I'm wrestling here? I can, I can press my ball on my forehead. So now I'm going to take the opposite approach. Cuddle him. Look after him. Whisper sweet nothings. Tell him it's going to be all right. It will be over quick. And hopefully get him, get him into that octagon. How can a fat guy be so skinny at the same time? His chin, his chin is deteriorating. Every single contest he gets in, he hits one knee. He does a gust of wind and he does the chicken dance. Take, take a coffee break, mate. <laughs> and by coffee break, I mean bring me my oh. coffee. No. Otario, Otario. Otario, Otario. <laughs> no, that means pussy. <laughs> I should have just pulled my knee from my leg and hit him with it. This solid gold pocket watch, three people died making this watch, you know what I mean? Use a this, you know, use a, use a severe MMA, severe MMA, use a leading the way of Irish uh, MMA media, you know what I mean? So you should start acting like you're leading the way, you know what I mean? I lead the way in combat, I rock a seal, look well, you know what I mean? And you should do the same.